We're on page 22. Page 22. Parshish Vahira. Page 22. The first mimer in Parshish Vahira. Yes, yes, there are. It's not as concise as this last time is, so usually one or the other. Likute di Burma Parshas Veira. Allah Parshas Shemos Mesayemis Bedivre Moshe Rabbeinu Allah Vishalom. The end of Parshas Shemos concludes, Sha'amar, in the words of Moshe Rabbeinu, Loma Hare Osa Laham Hazeh. Moshe says to Hashem, why did you harm this people? Why did you bring difficulty upon them? Because the avoda became more intense. Why did you send me? From the point that from when I came to Paro to speak in your name, Hashem, then he brought even more evil upon this nation. Hashem said to Moshe, Now you will see that which I will do to Paro. Rashi Mevi Divre Chazal, Atatira. Rashi says from the Chachanam, what does it mean now you will see? Beloha Osli Lamalche Zayin Umos, Kisha Adiyam Lorit. You will see that which I do to Paro, but you will not be able to see that which I do to the kings of the seven nations when I bring the Jewish people to the land of Israel. So it seems to be clear that. There was an understanding that Moshe Rabbeinu, even at this point, would not be able to bring B'nai Yisrael into the land of Israel. The Pirish had to understand this. Shal Yidei Diburav Shemoshe Rabbeinu. These words of Moshe Rabbeinu, Nigram Khan Esif Hesoronu Pagam. There was some kind of Hesoron, a shortcoming, a defect, based on Moshe Rabbeinu's words. That therefore this redemption from Egypt would not be complete. There'd be something missing, something lacking from this Geula. And this caused that this Geula would not be complete. And there would be a need for further exile of the Jewish people. And this is what brought about Moshe Rabbeinu not being able to bring them into Eretz Yisrael, meaning because that would have been the Geula Shlema, as some of the Swarms say, that had Moshe Rabbeinu been Zohar, had we been Zohar, that Moshe Rabbeinu would have brought us into Eretz Yisrael, that would have been the Geula. So the fact that he's not able to do that, that shows us that there's something else uh, in, in store for us. To explain this. To Moshe, he's karnu mi kavar He said before, Ki dover shenichtav b'teirush b'torah hi efshar Anything that's written explicitly in the Torah is unchangeable. It's written in the Torah, that's what it is, and it can't be changed. Because 
this thing is then necessary to, it's, it's happening is um, compulsory through the order of the Torah Masha'in Ken, which is not the case Dovar Hanilmad Midrasha something that's learned from a drasha of the Pesukim the Chachamim are darshaning the Pesukim O Shehurach Merumaz the Torah or something that's hinted to in the Torah but it's not stated explicitly Ein Hadover Mukhach Lihiyos Kain V'yacholim Nishanosa that means that it doesn't have to occur and it's possible that it could change. So it's MS in the sense that it was learned out and understood, but it's possible that in terms of the Gezeira, in terms of the decree, that that decree could change. And I'm adding that word there because it doesn't mean, well, you know, for example, we learn many halachos in the Torah out of different Ramazim in the Torah a hint from here or a drasha from there. We learn out actually, actual dini from those things. Those things aren't changeable. But when it comes to a decree as to what might occur to Kuala Yisrael or what might not occur, something that's stated explicitly that will occur, something that's hinted to or darshaned out, that kind of gazera could occur or it could not occur. It could, it could change. Part of it. I think it falls in at this point that if there is the possibility of the Gezeira that we see, our Tshuva could actually help us avert the Gezeira. Pardon me? If it's a Remez or if it's a Drasha. Now if it's explicit, that means in, in some way that does have to happen. However, it may not happen in the way that we understand the psukim to read. As those, those psukim say, according to our vision, this and this and this, so that does have to occur. But we might be able, if we're Zofa in Tshuva, even for things that are written, to understand the psukim in a different light, and to see them in a different light, and it may come across, therefore, as being less harsh than the explicit Torah Shabbat <coughs> says it to be. So it's going to happen in one form or another. Whereas when it comes to a derasha, our tshuva could actually avert the desire. Is that only the five books? I don't know. I'm not sure if this call applies to the demon kasuvim as well. That's right. <coughs> this gazera that appears to be appears to be the one that mushroom and the one coming to the land mm -hmm. uh, but it's not explicit in the Pasik, it's explicit in the Medrash or more explicit in the Medrash so would this be considered one that uh, that could be changed yes yeah he's talking about in the Torah itself and it really isn't until much later in the Torah where Hashem says explicitly to Moshe Rabbeinu that you're not going in here to Israel. At this stage in the Torah, it's not stated explicitly. As a matter of fact, it's kind of a surprise for us to see this. Like, the, all the way back here, we find out the Moshe Rabbeinu, it seems like it didn't happen until much later on in the Midbar, where, where, it's where it's stated explicitly. Yes? It seems to be something Russia doesn't disappear, it just changes, it changes 
As I understand it, because it's different Hazal, it has to be MS. So it can't disappear. But it could mean come to mean something else. Or it could be MS based on a certain uh, track of history. And if that track is altered and we take that track, then it does disappear. It was MS had we gone in this direction, but if we do tshuva or whatever we need to do, and now we go this direction, that that's no longer in place. Something else is going to happen to us. But we shouldn't uh, come on to the notion that it wasn't MS. It's absolutely MS based on this track. Whereas something which is written in the Torah is MS based on any track, no matter what happened, that's got to occur in so some way or another. Russia basically means if you had gone this way, this is what would happen. Right, that's right. Now there's an example of this which is a little bit similar, and the Rambhal brings this in the Dura Hashem and his Helag on that when Yonah has his Nevuah about Ninveh, so Hashem says to him, I don't know if this is the exact quote, Ninveh, something like Nehapephes or Mishapephes, Ninveh is going to be overturned. Those are words of the Nevuah. So the understanding of that is that Hashem is going to destroy it. He's going to turn over the city and destroy it. Well, it turned out that they did Shuvah. But that was still Emes in the Nevuah. Ninveh overturned. It turned over into a leaf. It did Shuvah. So the words of the, of the Nevuah could be understood in different ways based on the event that was going to happen. They were both Emes that could be overturned by destruction or overturned by tshuva. And that's actually with written words, although it does go back to the Navi and Eric's question, I'm not sure how that applies to that. But there's an example how the same words can be MS applied in, in two very different ways. Now, he seems to be suggesting that these words of Moshe Rabbeinu, um, why Lama, why this questioning, mm -hmm is still continuing to demonstrate some kind of a, um, uh, a lack or a lack of completeness in Moshe Rabbeinu. Um, and is he suggesting that it's something Moshe Rabbeinu is aware of or, uh, or, or not? I, I would have to believe that Moshe Rabbeinu was very aware of it and that even as he was saying something that, you know, as Rashi says, none of the other Rebels would talk like that, you know, that he, he was fully aware of what he was doing and the risk that he was taking in what he was doing. That it was, it was not some kind of a chassar of Gideon, that Moshe had his reasons for, for talking like, in this vein, to a Baruch Hu. Please. Actually, two questions. One is, is that um, what Hashem answers Moshe isn't really a, a, an answer to his question. Just, uh, but he doesn't say why. No, he, he just, just says, says just wait to see what It's not an answer, though. At least not as far as we can tell. Right. right. The, other, the other thing, from what you said to Hilly, it sounds like the fact that he spoke to Kodesh uh, in this manner, is that like when Avram said, the Mai Da, by what I know, that uh, you know, I'm going So that, that's a little different. They, they consider that it's gone by Avram, right? Yes, yes, uh, the Ramban says that, I think, other before 
And that was the faith for Avram Avinu to ask that. Is this, I mean, but this is like he's giving Hasra to report the news. He's, he's speaking strong words to Hashem. That's one of the things Moshe Rabbeinu was, was known for. Now, to, be, to do that, you've got to be Moshe Rabbeinu. So he knew what he was doing. But there was, there was a choice in what he was doing. And it's interesting that when we talk about the fate of Moshe Rabbeinu, we don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. This is not cited as the fate. Right. It's what happened in, in the Midbar with the water. Yeah. So, and, but still there's something that could come out of this. But that's what he's going to talk about. Like what, what did come out of this, what Moshe Rabbeinu said? And what was the, the chesaron and the pagan here? Okay. This is what we were just speaking about. B'nai Yisrael have the ability <coughs> to either stick to a particular Seder, which is hinted to in the Torah or Darshandat, or to actually get to a higher place where they can be above. So, I use the expression of a track, you know, if this was the track that Hathamim said, and it's over here, well, B'nai Yisrael can change their mindset and then take a higher, a higher road. Here also, when Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, now you will see, Atta Tirek, Shador Shuchazal Atta Velobazayin Malhuyas, the Chachamim Darshan this, this is a drasha. Now you will see, but you won't see later on by the seven kings of Canaan. Hainu shekan nichlal bekoach shelo That means potentially, from this point and onward, it was possible that Moshe wouldn't bring them into Eretz Yisrael, but it was not yet sealed and it was not yet definite. This is where the possibility began. He calls it bekoach in potential. It's almost like he's saying, you know, if you keep up this line of question, <laughs> this, this could lead somewhere right. you, you might not prefer. Right. Avod the Poel, but in actuality, the truth is that the decree wasn't sealed and made permanent until later. When it came to the hitting of the stone, instead of speaking to the stone, that's when it became fixed. And even then, you see Moshe Rabbeinu davening with all his heart to try and change things, but Hashem didn't listen. So Moshe Rabbeinu didn't believe, I mean, didn't have any idea that this could happen? That which could happen? But Here it is, Moshe Rabbeinu, after, later on, davening, you just said davening. I mean, that's when he really davened with all his heart. But during the interim, where the possibility could happen, there was an opening for it to happen, he had no idea that it could have, where he could have died I, then. I, I think that Moshe Rabbeinu would have understood that at, at this point. Then why wouldn't he have started that? Well, we, we don't know when Moshe Rabbeinu started to that. Or maybe he saw that there was another kind of tikkun that was that could be done mm-hmm. as, as opposed to tefillah. Something else. You know, we're not really privy to that, what he did to it, to about it at this point. If, if I could... The, the Lord, to justify Moshe at, at our level, it often happens that when we've gotten to the, the critical point where there's no going back, all of a sudden we realize and uh, start
start praying or you know right. running around or whatever. Right, but that would be for us, not for him. <laughs> well, it uh, wouldn't take that for Moshe Rabbeinu to do the right thing. It just wouldn't. He wouldn't have to have his back against the wall. Right, but you I'm know, saying that that uh, uh, it was such a small thing in, in, to us that that critical point for him was, you know, when he saw it. I mean, if it was if it was me, for example, I would have hit the rock and then gone on, you know, much further before I realized I needed to start really davening hard, you know. But uh, at, at, at this point, I wouldn't have even seen, I wouldn't have even had any idea whatsoever. You're saying Moshe Rabbeinu would have had at least I a think little he idea. Would, I think he would have understood this, yeah. I think he was aware of that. That's my own opinion, but that's what I think. Yes, Ray. Uh, I put it the direction uh, of that both here and at the uh, Sprinkler Rock, most of the was fully aware of what he was doing. And he wanted to be part of the Jewish people rather than separate. Separate from them. Right. Right. There's such a straight as well. I'm going right after the brackets now. Because still at this point, when Hashem said to Moshe, you will see, and the Chachamim make this drasha, it could have changed. It did not have to be at this point. The Indian Zer Anu Rolim Gamba Farsha Senior, Deceive. Also, we see this in our own parsha. It says, I, w- I will give it to you as an inheritance. The tour brings down a remez here. That this word morasha, as an inheritance, is a lashon of diha, meaning lashon she'eno borur. It's somewhat ambiguous. It's not clear. It's possible to learn this lashon, Morasha, an inheritance, which sometimes goes to on Torah, Morasha Kilas or it sometimes goes on to Eretz Yisrael. Either it's Morish, that you will actually, with effort, drive yourself into this situation and through koach, take hold of it, or yoresh is that you simply inherit it. It just comes to you. That's a big difference. To be morish is really with by force to take a hold of something. To be yoresh is that boof falls in your lap. So morasha, the chacham say, can mean one or the other. Either we take it by force, or it comes into our lap. What is it we're taking by force? Either eretz yisrael or else Torah. It applies to both, I, I believe, one of those two things. And the truth is that they didn't enter Eretz Yisrael themselves. I'm sorry, I said the wrong shot. When he says Morasha here, he doesn't mean taking by force, he means uh, causing others to take. I said the shot wrong. Either you will get it yourself or you will give it to others. 
And here, when it came to Eretz Yisroel, the truth is they didn't get it. This, this door did not go into Eretz Yisroel. But they were Morishin. They did give it over to their children who went in. Avalo Nichtav came to Ferush Batorah, Kiyadayin Hoya Bekocham Lishanos. But this idea of how Eretz Yisroel was going to be taken and was going to be received by Klai Yisroel, it's not really stated explicitly. It's going to happen one way or the other. Either that nation, that generation will go into Eretz Yisroel, or their children will. Ubavada Yiskayim Hadavar. It's certainly going to occur. It's written. The Toli Hadavar Bibachiras Bene Yisroel, Eif Yispare Shaloshon Moresha. That's a steep concept. It's a little bit similar to that one from Yonah. That that word, Morasha, in the Torah, that now referring to Eretz Yisrael, will be an inheritance to your, your children, or to your people, rather, to you. The way that word becomes actual is based on the choice of the Jewish people. Here's a word in the Torah which means what the Jewish people's behavior decides it's going to mean. Morasha. Either we'll, t- we'll go into Eretz Yisrael, or our children will go in. We don't know what it means until we make our own Bethira. Im heim ba'atzman yorshu es o'yidnu ha'koach livnehem acharehem. Either they themselves will go into Eretz Yisrael, or their children will. Emes, it's going to happen. But in Yisrael, we're going to get Eretz Yisrael. But whether it's us or the kids, as far as Dura Midbor, that depends on their own Bethira. So shot in the word of the Torah, shot in the word is totally on the Bechira of B'nai Yisrael. The tremendous strength of the, the Koach of B'nai Yisrael, that we actually are determining shot in the word of Morasha Kehilas Yachem. Or in this case, Morasha Morasha Nasati Asalachem Morasha, referring to Eretz Yisrael. Now, now that word um, we have in the Torah in, in the right? but we don't have it in anywhere in these parshas to my recollection or do we? well this one here he says it's in the parsha. I haven't completed the Shnai Mikveh Targum so I don't know where this is in Asati Osa Lachem but he does say that the parsha Seinu yeah so the Chorit's here in, in Vaira this is uh also true to the Marasha Kilas Yaakov that uh, yeah. it said that uh, it's an inheritance to the whole, you know. Right. Uh, but but it's only through effort that you really make him to right. And he brings it down, the same concept down, I think, in his Maimur and Shavuos. Whether we get Torah, or whether we're involved in it, or whether we enable our kids to get involved in it, you know, it's going to happen one way or the other. If we're not Zofa, then our kids will be Zofa. But it would be better if both. Yes, it would certainly be better if we did it ourselves. Just to save your person, just to exempt himself. Right. In an individual, he can remove himself from the term. Any individual could remove themselves from that. But it's that it does seem that in the long run, though, everything is restored to Tov. Uh, 
Hashem has his ways that not one Jew is dispersed or outcast from him. Over the course of history, everybody somehow receives their tikkun. So in a given lifetime, someone could make that choice, but it seems to be that over the course of history, somehow it's restored. Maybe sometimes the children or the grandchildren or the great-great-grandchildren or many, many donors later actually restore the chalak of a, a grandparent who, who lost out that it happens to. I, I think about that sometimes now as far as these, these doros, like who knows what's happening there. People who are coming into a life of Torah mitzvahs and not only bringing that into their life, but most likely restoring that chalak of Torah for you know, a couple of doros going back, two or three doros going, going back. It's a chain. Grandson of Trotsky is learning the same. Right, right. Remember, he looks to his right, he looks to his left, he sees Mayor Honey, far, far away. Right, right. <laughs> 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 All right. But what, what, what do you mean when, uh, when you say, just now, when you say it restores the previous generation? The secret of a previous door, you know, can come through their children and grandchildren. Like if there's a person back there, or a couple of people back there, who for whatever reason got away from it, that it could be their grandchildren that basically restore their makam, a, a state of because it's a chain. You know, we're really not separated from those people many generations ago. You know, it looks like we're living in a different era of time, and we are, but in terms of of the neshama of Klai Yisrael. The neshama of Klai Yisrael is one collective neshama. What we're doing here right now is having ripple effects on neshamas that were already here and on neshamas that will be here after after this. It actually goes into the neshama of Klai Yisrael and specifically within the family line there's more of an ability. So there's a degree of tahara that's provided for those neshamas individually through the family lineage as well as for yes, the sir. Yes, sir, individually and the club. How does that your rules yeah. of these matters and the Jewish rights that? And that would be, as I see it, it would have to be a Gilgal that the Shama coming back in because then once the line of Eden stops, the, the Tikkun is no longer possible in that one. I don't know if any such a... I, I really don't know what they think, but I don't know how one could not believe in Gogu because it's the part of the tale of the swarm population. But to say Gilgulam aren't existing, one would have to dispute the Arizal and the by a I don't know. I mean, if there are, I don't know how incredible they are. Well, this, this I don't know. As far as back to, back to the era of the Go era of the Gaonim, yeah, I don't I don't know what they would say at that time. I mean, in our part of history, we can't dispute the Kisvehar result. We can't dispute that. We can't say there are no Gilgulim. Uh, if somebody said that beforehand, then I'd have to, you know, try and understand what that what that means as far as what they knew. And 
as hard as it would be for me to believe, maybe there were some very great people at that time who did not, for, for whatever reason, were not given those ideas. Like they say that the Raman didn't have ideas HaKabala until much later in life, after he had written what, what he wrote. So I suppose that if one is not given, you know, uh, not given that knowledge, Bahashbaha, then they make the best of what they, of what the Torah is based on their own understanding. And the, the, um, the uh, Sifrei Hasidus and others, their um, admiration for the Rambam is, is really dafka on this point, because the, the Lushan of the Balatani is that how great the Rambam was that he understood these things mitoch his own seichel that everybody else had to get mitoch divrei kabbalah divrei mesora that the Rambam was masik certain things from his own seichel they just they can't they can't believe it a person could be masik that and then in other places they say the Rambam is is not correct because he was using his own swara when it came to certain things to try and figure things out. Well, one would be, for example, if this is the, how the Ramam is to be understood, that the Olam Haba consists of a Nishama without a Guf. So all the Mukhubalim say that's not so. That it's the Guf, the Nishama, the Yahad, the together, that's Emes. And the Rambam understood it in his own way, based on his... I mean, it's one of the Ikarim of the Rambam but seemingly, that he he understands that to mean that that's neshama. Just in neshama. Yeah. yeah, and again, I'm sure that there are many levels of understanding the Rambam that I don't that I'm not aware of. But on 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 the surface, they argue with that and they say no, this this is the group of neshama. It's not just neshama. So they say he was wrong. Did the Rambam mean something else? Was he talking about something else? Possibly. But they pointed out that there, were, there was something where he understood things based on his ideas, and it was a different conclusion than those who had the the Chochmas HaKabola, the Adam. And I don't know what Rav Sajigon had or didn't have in terms of those things, so it would be hard for me to comment. So, yes, to, just to follow up on what Eric yeah. says, in the claw, in the, in the from world, uh, whether it's or the fish, you know, any that the idea of Gugulim is a core accepted idea. Sure. That there are no, in other words, I just want to follow the, the, At this the, point. This, yeah, that there's not, the subject right. on, but if that was a school of thought, at this point in time, it it's no longer anymore. relevant. Right. Because there's nobody who disputes the Kisvei Harizov. Nobody. No, no matter what circle, no matter what, you know, uh, category of Yid, one fits into Chassid, Musnagid, Ashkenaz, Hardy, everybody holds by the Arizal. And that's where all these, you know, the Sifre, Kabbalah, that were earlier, the Zohar, you know, they all came through the Ari. That's the not disputed. Thing. Pardon me? To my knowledge. I mean, they may Paskin, you can Paskin differently in Halacha. They do hold by the Ramah in the terms of Halacha. You know that they would paskenite the Rambam over the Shulchan Aruch even, but in terms of these kinds of mashavas, to my knowledge, that's not the case. To my knowledge. Avada, even the other was a Makubo, Shein Kamavu. Yeah, absolutely. 
there's a, an awesome statement about the Gona Vilna that the Peleoids, the Hornestipler Rebbe said, that was my Rebbe's great-grandfather. It was a Gaon in his own right. And he said, he lived about a hundred years after the Gra. He was a Hussle, he was a Rebbe, he was a Tzadik. He said that in Migla, in revealed Torah, he had two Kedushim from the Gra. He learned two things from the Gra's works in Nigla. So you can understand his going this way. Two Kedushim. And all that the Gra wrote in Nigla, the Peleoids had two Kedushim from it. What he wrote in Nister, he says, No eye has ever seen it except for God. So it's interesting because people think about the Baal Shem in one way and the Gra in another way. The Gra was, you know, in Nigla and Nister, Kadosh Venorah. And here's a great Rebbe, the Peleoids, who says that the Gra's Kabbalah is beyond anything anybody could possibly be masked. And in Nigla, he was machadish to him too. Thing. That's not a put down of the Gra, right? That's uh, the godless of the Peleoids and, and the godless of the Gra in Kabbalah. How long, how much time separated the Arizal from the Gronin? Well, the Arizal was 1500s and they were 1700, so it's 200 years. Yes, sir? Um, there's there's this, uh, ideas that you hear in the world, not Jewish ideas, that's very strange, and then sometimes they come back to, whoa, it sounds very similar. So the Mormons have this really weird idea about they want to convert people to Mormons, so retroactively it'll be a conversion back to ancestors who have died. So you know, they have this whole, that's like a very cruel right. belief, but right. it's sound, in a certain way, not that that's an active intent in our Avodah Hashem that we're doing a tikkun on past generations, but this sound, there's a to sound you know, a little bit similar in actual effect. I think the distinction of, of the many distinctions <laughs> between us and the Mormons, but in, in, right. this, one, <laughs> in, in, in this particular respect, is that we're talking about tshuva. You know, they're talking about a person becoming a Mormon in order to achieve this you know, transformation, conversion. We're talking about tshuva. One doesn't have to become a different religion in order to do this. One has to fulfill Torah and mitzvahs in order to do that. But it's also true that, unquestionably, other religions do um, feed off of Yesodos in, in Yiddishkeit. Christianity has many that they take from Yiddishkeit and then distort in, you know, along their own context. Can I I'll read it real fast. <laughs> Let's do one more paragraph. We have these four Lashonas of Gula, we say by Pesach. These four Lashonas, says the tour, are corresponding to the four future exiles of the Jewish people, Bavel, Pras, Yavan, and Edom. And the Midrash says that these four 
Lashonas of redemption that they correspond to four decrees that Paro made upon on the children of Israel. The fourth decree that Paro made to uh, make the slavery of the Jewish people so excessive and difficult was make their work harder and they're not allowed anymore to have the straw provided for them and don't involve yourself in such falsities, he says to his people. This was the harshest decree of the fourth. It corresponds to the fourth of the Dawud Lashonos of Geula, which is, I will take you to me as a nation. In order to reach this fourth level of Hashem taking us to Him as a nation, we had to endure much hardship so that the slavery and the hardship would bring us to that level, as we're actually attaining that level through the fourth decree. When the Jewish people could no longer bear it anymore, after they were at the breaking point, the Moshe Rabbeinu Bavitayna, Shalom Maharios, Shalom Hazeh, and then Moshe said to Hashem Yisbarach, Why are you creating such hardship for this people? It was at that point that Paro's four decrees were changed over into the four Lashonos of Geula that Moshe Rabbeinu said from Hashem, And then they would actually serve as redeeming us from the four future exiles. Saying there was a, a point there where those four statements, instead of being a redemption from Paro and then being taken as a nation unto Hashem, then when Moshe Rabbeinu at the very end said those words, Lama Hariosa, now those four statements were going to be applied to the future because of these strong words Moshe Rabbeinu spoke. And wasn't going to happen, at least potentially, right now with Moshe Rabbeinu. Now it had to happen later in history because of this, so to speak, error of Moshe Rabbeinu. Now even though we're only at this point right now, it's still is possible for things to change because it's only done Baremas right now. So we're kind of left up in the air, but we're out of time. Have a good day, everybody.